Welcome to Choice Classic Radio. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, and help keep this show alive by donating at choiceclassicradio.com. For more of your favorite old-time radio shows, join us on our companion podcast, Choice Classic Radio, Mystery, Suspense, Dramas, and Horrors, where we bring to you the most mysterious tales that the golden age of radio had to offer. And now, with 677 episodes made, airing on the Mutual Broadcast Network from 1937 to 1954, we bring to you The Shadow. Oh, yes. 
Okay. Couldn't see you very well in this half light. Ah. Hello, Sam. Hello, Mr. Eustace. You look rather worried. I am a bit. I say, look here, do you see that native proprietor around anywhere, Clint? Only? Well, no, I haven't. Not to dinner. I don't quite understand all this. There's something mighty strange going on. I knew it, Lamont. The ceremonial was never listed on the travel folder. You're quite right, Miss Lane. The village is deserted. Not a soul on the streets and every shop is boarded up tight. There's going to be trouble. I'd like to know about it. Yes, we all would. I spoke to one old man who was crouching behind the door of his hut, but all I could get out of him was one native word that he kept repeating over and over. Well, what was it, you said? It sounded something like Gilmet. Gilmet? It is a rare oh. word in Port St. Louis, Miss Lane. Well, there you are. The word Gilmet, my friends, is not a word to be spoken lightly. No? Well, what does it mean, Ole? It is a native expression, Mr. Cranston, which means the night that eats men. The night that eats men? Is that why the natives are hiding behind locked doors? Uh, yes. It started, Mr. Eustace, some ten years ago with the disappearance of a Scots explorer and his wife named McDaird. They vanished from this island and were never seen again. That was ten years ago, this very night. But, but these McBairds could have just gone away of their own accord, couldn't they? Yes, they could have, yes. But on the same night, Miss Lane, every year for ten years past, two people, a man and a woman, have disappeared without a trace from Port Sanders. That is why the natives call it Kilmet. The night that eats men. Thou ridiculous native superstition. It does sound fantastic, only. And decidedly uncertain. Look. Look. The great and terrible Kulomo is calling for the yearly sacrifice. What? He means that volcanic island off the shore there to the east of Sandler. Oh, yes. Why, smoke seems to be rising from its crater. But that volcano is extinct. Is the island inhabited? Yes. By the spirit, the evil spirit, the rulers of darkness. Now, now, look here, only I can understand these poor ignorant writers in the village going overboard on this superstition business. But you've had the advantage of an education. Surely you can't believe all this nonsense. In your land you have few superstitions. But here on San Luis it is different. I know. I have seen. Well... I do know it's too crazy that you can't get a native to go within three miles of that island. It is death to set foot on it. Oh, hey, what was that? Mojava. What did you say, Oni? Lamont is terrified. Oh, forgive me. Now, now look, Oni, look. If you're in trouble or danger, you... Forgive me. Please. Well, we'll be waiting outside here for you, Oni. Waiting outside. Oh, I know you are here somewhere. You have come for me. I am ready to die. No. No. Stand in the window. Come. Come. I am ready. Only his expression is like... like death, Mr. Eustace. Oh, no, Lamont. Who? Who killed him? A native, I'd say. See this tiny poison dart stuck in his throat? Yes. That did the job. I only seemed to know this was coming. Listen. Weird flute music again. Came from somewhere outside. 
Can you see anything from that window, Margot? Lamont, there's a figure running down to the beach. Where? Hmm? Look there in the moonlight. He's getting into a canoe. We've got to stop him. Come on. Out this door here. There he goes. Be pulling away from shore rapidly. Can you recognize him? I'm afraid the moon is bright enough for that. Wait. Whoever it is, he'll go around the island and land somewhere on the opposite shore. Why do you say that, Miss Lee? Well, there isn't another body of land anywhere around here that he could escape to except. Except that volcanic island, Colomo. That's where he seems to be headed. Houston. Where can I get a boat? The Mars. You're not going to follow us there. That's right. In spite of the legend that no one has ever returned from that island? Yes, Margo. How about it, Eustace? The boat. I have a slow but sturdy fishing launch, Cranston. You may have it on one condition. Well, what's that? Say, let me come along. Glad to have you, Eustace. I suppose you'll realize that this isn't going to be exactly a pleasure trip. I understand. Well, then, what are we waiting for? You too, Margo. Well, you didn't think I was going to stay here on San Luis alone, did you? Come on, let's go. Can you see him, Eustace? No, it's dead on the trail. Good. Wish I thought to bring a gun with me. I have one on the boat, Cranston. It's off at the leather side pocket there. The plane can reach it for you. Oh, yes. Here it is, Lamont. Thanks. Eustace. Can we get any more speed out of this boat? He's pulling away from the water. I've got a wide open now. I think he wasn't in the park. I'll take that. It's an armor water just up ahead there that's thick with submerged reefs and rocks. The favorite hunting ground of the sharks that infest these waters. Even the native fishermen avoid it. We have to go through that, Lamont. That man in the canoe's going around. We've got to, Margot. We're going to head him off. He'll be tempting fate if we try. If it's our one chance to overtake him. I shall. I'll just swim with it there. Well, what do you say, Margot? Shall we go after him or turn back? I know what your choice is, Lamont. And it's mine, too. Good. I knew you'd say that. You game, your sister? Oh, sir. It's a good thing I'm a bachelor. I'm going to risk a shot before he gets too far out of range. Don't miss. He might be a nasty customer with those poison dogs. Yeah. Well, here goes. Oh, not so good. Well, what's happened to old dead-eyed Dick, Lamont? I don't know, Martha. Well, I won't miss this time. Better conserve our ammunition. What's left in the gun is all I have. Yes, and we don't know what we're liable to run into on that island. Hold on! Hold on! Oh. Yeah. Still in one piece, Eustace? Marco, the Lord spent up his fast, but he's turning sturdy. Hold on, I could swear I saw a big shark just licking his chops a moment ago. Take it easy, Eustace. We'll pick our way through this stretch of water. We've gained enough to afford it. Marco. Lamont, look. Those fires on the shore of the island. I see them. Oh, they seem to be moving. Your fires are natives holding torches, Margot. Yes, and some of the evenings are coming out from the island shore in canoe. Well, the reception committee. All the net fences. It's the fire ceremony. The death call. So, the hunters become the prey. Well, let's turn back quickly, Lamont. Those canoes are filled with savages. You know what that means. I guess you're right, Eustace. Like it is. Yes, and let's see if we can get a little more speed out of this lawn. Okay. Use it. They're coming at a side. Can't get any more out of this. Okay. Uh-oh. Well, Eustace, we couldn't have picked a better time for the motor to go dead. It's, it's quite an appropriate word at the moment. 
and the natives only about 50 yards away from that tray of yours, Lamont. Well, we still have a gun. I'll tell you, don't you, Mr. He ain't enough bullets to do any good. With those slow guns and poisoned off, we wouldn't have a chance. I guess you're right, Mr. Lamont. Yes, Mother. Any ideas? Not a glimmer. Well, we've been in tight places before. Yes, but this one is a prize winner. Looks like we're in for it, Margo. Here they come. In just a moment, we'll continue with Act Two of Altar of Death. First, hear something that concerns your health, your comfort, and your pocketbook. All three. What is it? It's simply the advice to heat your home with blue coal. You see, blue coal is tailor-made for your home. That is to say, it's carefully sized and graded to fit the special requirements of your furnace. That's why it gives you even, comfortable, dependable warmth throughout the house in every room. That's why it's also such a money saver. It burns so efficiently that you enjoy real economy with blue coal. When, on top of all this, your home is equipped with the new Blue Coal Automatic Heat Regulator, then you certainly have a modern home heating combination that's mighty hard to beat. The Blue Coal Heat Regulator is easily and quickly installed. Quickly removed, too, in case you move. And it's easy to operate. You'll be amazed to discover the thousands of steps, yes, literally thousands, this regulator will save you in the course of a season. Ask your neighborhood blue coal dealer to tell you all about it. He's listed under the words blue coal in the yellow section of your classified phone directory. Now, back to the shadow. Savage crew I've ever seen. The native in the lee boat wants to talk, Lamont. You know, fight! What did he say? He's asking us to surrender without fighting. He evidently mean to take us alive. They could kill us in a minute if they wanted to. We still have a chance, that's right. Mr. Eustace is right, Lamont. We still have a chance. You! You know, fight! Okay. We won't fight. At least temporarily. I take you to chief. Where's Mr. Eustace? He was right behind us a moment ago. He was hauled off in another direction, Martha. Well, you don't think that... Oh, no, no. Let's not cross bridges before we come to the hospital. Now, hold off! This chief house. Pushing the back is probably a formal invitation. There isn't much choice. I bring prisoners. But well, you're not surprised to see a white man here, huh? That's turning up everywhere, I suppose. We'll introduce ourselves later. Meanwhile, I imagine you're rather hungry after a little ocean boy. Aluba! Now look, girl, we want... No trouble, no trouble at all. Aluba, Kauso, Kungo! I've told them to take your friend into the village to bring food. Why have you done all this? Why? <laughs> My subjects think they are man and wife. That is why your friend has been separated from you. You'll find the truth of a very peculiar people. With many strange subjects. They're idolaters, all of them. Worship a thing called Mulhava. Mulhava? Then I, a rather savage here, 
I'm on the very best of terms with the cookie. As a matter of fact, I shall go on ahead now and have the natives prepare for you. You're very kind. I'm happy to have left. Lamont. Yes, Margot. Did you see the initials on the silver belt buckle he was wearing? No, I didn't notice. They were capital M, O-C, capital B. Capital M-A-C, capital B. Yes. Didn't only tell us that the first two people to vanish from Port San Luis were a Mr. McBaird and his wife? Yes, Margot. I'm afraid he did. Well, you don't seem to mind our little adventure, Mr. Eustace. Yes, I noticed that too, Margot. Who has my slime, Mr. Clancy, and his supper? Our absent host is giving this. is enough to bring a dead man back to hell. You're very great. Oh, now, uh, you were saying while I was gone, Mr. Clark, this man, uh, only, I believe his name was, told you two people who disappeared from Port San Luis every year on this night. He shortly after telling you this, he was found murdered. Why do you put that in the form of a question? It's evident that you've been listening to every word we've said. Hi, Mr. Clark. A bad habit. Very bad. Only also mentioned a man named McVeigh. Are you quite finished in the year? Why, yes, thank you. And now, if you could let us have some fuel for our no, boat. No, we... no, no, no. Accept my hospitality and stay the night. Or at least part of the night. The natives are well prepared for you. What's that? I use this gong to summon my servant. Then here, I start coming for the fuel. Oh, thank you, my dear. Uh, this is my wife. The natives took rather a fancy to her and made her a priest. They are both devout worshippers, as a matter of fact. Hey. What's going on here? Your friend only told you about the man and woman who disappear every year from Port San Luis. Did he name Mr. Cranston? Yes. It is my pleasure to inform you, sir, that you and Miss Lee are the two who disappear this year. No! Huh? Aye, aye. The native in the canoe rather lured you on, I believe. He was the witch doctor of the cultic tribe who went to Port San Luis to murder Oni because poor Oni knew too much. Oh, I see. You were behind that, too. Aye. He'd fallen away from the tribal laws. As for you, you see, a man and a woman must be killed in Mulhava's honor on this night. Kill me, as it is called on Port San Luis. What is your part in all this, Miss Anne? For ten years, I have engineered the disappearances of a man and a woman for the purpose of the Mulhava sacrifice. But why? Why? This volcanic island is some of the richest diamond territory in the world, Miss Lane. So that's it. Aye. I'm paid for my trouble in diamonds which are worth more to me than to the savages since I can reach the American and European markets. You see, it's a perfect system. Not quite so perfect as it seems, though, you know. No? No. Because you've overlooked the fact that I have Mr. Eustace's revolver. Oh. Now, you take us to our boat. Oh, yes, Chris. And I forgot to tell you. What, Eustace? The gun is only loaded with blank. You see, I've never given it two years that were actually loaded. You, you're in on it, too. Of course, Miss I happen to be Mr. McLean's contact with his markets abroad. It was an excellent deception, don't you think? You're coming here with plain French. Yes, sir. Oh, the Don't worry, Margot. The I will speak to them, my dear. Agato! Agato! It's 
I have just told my subjects to take you to the temple of the altar of death on the rim of the volcano. There, after due ceremony, you will be cast into its bottomless pit in flames as a sacrifice to our idol, Mulhava. Oh, no, McFair, it's not going to be a sanctuary, you fool. I couldn't deprive my people of their innocence to fun. No, I am saving you both for the fire sacrifice. Can he lock them off? Right, not one of them. The temple can't be easy to out of lava for me. Will they come for us soon? Yes, they will, now, how they run these things. Oh, the fire. Oh, now, Margo. Let's let that lunatic McFad enjoy himself over our fear. Oh, you're right. Is this it, Margo? Looks like it, Margo. I don't see how we can possibly get out of it. Is that I want to help you, as I've tried to help all the other poor souls who've fallen into my husband's power. Oh. Oh, I hate him. He's evil. You hate him? I. Will you help us escape? Oh, no. No. I want to, but they'd kill me if I did that. All I can do is to tell you the weak thing in my husband's armor. For what you can make out of it. Yes, Miss McGann. The natives fear him. They think he's will have his repentance. They fall on their knees before him. They even made me serve as priestess to keep up the pretense. But if they ever should discover that he uses them and their God for his own selfish ends, they turn on him. I understand you, Mr. McLeod. And I think I see a chance. What do you mean, Margo? Perhaps the shadow can find a way out. Mrs. McLeod, there's nothing I can do unless you open that door. Oh, they kill me. You must, I tell you. It will all to have a chance. If I open it. I agree to those terms, Mrs. McFair. Very well. Just a moment. I'm going to make a break for us, Margo. I'll be looking out for you. I didn't want to tell you. You feel it, Lee? Nothing. Nothing. It's so nervous. It's a country. It's a country. Well, he's gone, Mrs. McFair. Gone? Oh, no. I'll be killed for this. I'll be... That woman... Now, come on. I'll help you, Mr. McFair. I'll do my best to help you. Here comes my husband. Well, Miss Rain, Mr. Weston, where is he? Ah, oh, my dear, this is some of your gentle work. Oh, she couldn't help it. He escaped. She couldn't have stopped him. Mr. McFair, is gone. Of course, we have done for. But I just won't take just a woman. No, they will not. They insist on a man, too. But I think we can work out of that embarrassing thing. Don't you, you sis? Off your mate, McFair. We have Miss Lane, have we not? Professional man. You forget me. We have you. Oh. Yeah. The joke. You would do a thing like that. Oh, do you need this too much? I need the nickels more. Poor Allah. Coro. Come on. Oh, Miss Lane. Don't play. 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 Oh, Muhava, we bring this man and woman before your awful presence. 
send us good fortune and plentiful food and the shining stones buried in the earth. Apply the torch to the man. Now, take his soul to Muhammad and cast him into the crater of Kulumo, the flaming sacrifice. Kulumo! Now, McFair, now have mercy, have mercy! Mulhava, receive this offering. Now the woman, the woman, light the human torch. Stop that man, stop it, I say. I hear the voice. So, Macbeth, you would set yourself up as a king. Your evil reign is at an end, Macbeth. Magato, Mulhava, speak. You, priest of Mulhava. Release that woman and set her free. Free the man who came to this island with her. And send them both from Kulumo in safety. Yes, Mulhava. We do as you say. We obey Mulhava. Halabo! Mulhava has spoken. No! No, you will not do it, he says. If those who get back to Fort San Luis alive, they'll come for me and take me away. Mulhava has spoken. We obey. Halabo! You do as I say. I'm ruler here. No, he this man. Send the prisoners back to Fort San Luis. Let there never be a human sacrifice at Kulumo again. We hear. We do the will of Mulhava. You listen to me, ignorant havoc dog. There's no such thing as Mulhava. That's just a lump of painted clay. I'm Mulhava. I built that fool idol. It's me you'll obey. Do you hear me? You no, will not obey him. You will do as I have said. Aluma, I'll show you that the idol's made of clay. I'll show you who's more powerful. What's this? There it's cracked and broken, your idol, Mulhava. I guess that'll quiet your almighty highness. Well, don't stand there staring at me. Mulhava, you die. Wait a minute. No, wait a minute. It was only a joke. A joke. I'll build you another idol. Another one. And look, I'm no closer to me you now. Die. Back. Get back, I say. I've got a gun die. here. Stop or I'll shoot. Stop. And as they say in the travelogue pictures, there, fading into the setting sun, we take our last look at the beautiful and... Uh, terrible. And terrible island of Port San Luis and Kulumo. <laughs> and it was pretty terrible, Lamont. I'll never believe another travel folder. <laughs> Peace and quiet, huh? Well, you can believe them from now on, Marco. The government is going to civilize and educate those natives. As for McBain, well, I can't help thinking that he got a sort of poetic justice. What do you mean? His own death came in the form of a sacrifice to the clay idol that he had created as a weapon to hold over the heads of the natives. The god he created destroyed him. In just a moment, we'll bring you a special feature of America at War. But first, we present John Buckley, Blue Coal's home heating expert, Mr. Buckley. Thank you, Ken Roberts, and good afternoon, friends. At this time of year, with rapidly changing temperatures, it's very important to know how to bank your fire properly to ensure the utmost comfort. Now, there's no magic about banking your fire, but there is a right way and a wrong way of doing it. For example... Many people still cling to the old-fashioned practice of banking the fire with ashes. 
course, this is wrong. It only smothers the fire. And it often causes clinkers. On the other hand, if you tank the fire correctly, you'll not only save fuel, but you'll get quick heat in the morning as soon as you open the draft. Now, if by any chance you're not quite sure of the right method of banking the fire, or if you have any other questions on the operation of your furnace, take my advice. Call your neighborhood blue coal dealer and tell him your trouble. He'll be only too glad to send his John Barkley service man to help you. This man is a graduate of our training school. He'll show you how to bank the fire properly. And he can give you many other hints on how to run your furnace so you'll get more and better heat and save fuel besides. This is an exclusive blue coal dealer service. Thank you. The Shadow Program is based on a story copyrighted by Street and Smith Publications. The characters, names, places, and plot are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. We bring you now a dramatic episode that might happen to you. Hello, Ed. How are you? What's new? Hiya, Mac. What are you so happy about? Boy, I'm having a good time these days, Ed. Making good money and spending it, too. Yeah, listen, fella. This country's at war. No time to throw your dough around. Oh, come on. Don't be a sourpuss. What do you want me to do with my money? Buy the fence bonds and stamps. And listen, buy them regularly. Every payday. Right. Friends, now is no time for extravagance. Now is the time to put your money to work for your country. Buy defense bonds and stamps regularly every payday. Urge your friends to buy. Talk it up among your fellow employees. Many firms already are represented 100%. For example, every single employee of the DL&W Coal Company, producers of blue coal, has subscribed to buy defense bonds regularly. Let's show the access that for nations as well as for men... The weed of crime bears bitter fruit. Crime does not pay. The shadow knows. Next week, same time, same station, your friendly blue coal dealer brings you another strange and thrilling adventure in the shadow's daring battle against the forces of evil. Be sure to listen. And be sure to phone your neighborhood blue coal dealer for greater heating comfort at less cost. Remember, keep the home fires burning with blue coal. This story was produced by the BMW Coal Company, distributors of Blue Coal. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. That concludes today's episode. We'd like to thank you and remind you to donate at choiceclassicradio.com. Remember, your donations make episodes like this possible.